welcome to Live Long and Dead. I'm your host, Cosmo. It is Saturday, September 12th, 8.41 p.m. I put uh, Cade to sleep at 7.15. He passed out right after his bottle. Uh, He was sound asleep on me. And then because I wanted to do bedtime routine with James, I put Cade down, and of course, five minutes later, he was awake and crying. So then, I got him to sleep on me, and then put him down again in the swing, and he woke up after ten minutes. Now, I can't get him to go to sleep. It's 8.40. He's currently on my belly, and... It looks like he's freaking trying to swim or a uh, uh, beached water ocean turtle. Like, just flailing frantically. It's so gosh darn frustrating. And put him in the swing, freaks out. Kate, go to sleep. Good grief. So, since. Talking usually seems to work on him. Figured today I would talk about Metallica. My favorite band. They were not my favorite band until my sophomore year of high school. I I did not discover them until then. Prior to that, I liked classic rock. And my... I had not been exposed to heavy metal or Metallica and I thought heavy metal was just dumb headbanging stupid music and without ever hearing it there used to be a channel called The Box there's MTV, VH1 and The Box and it was pay-per-view music videos and I'd flip by it see if there's anything good or Usually some pretty women dancing in a music video that would catch my attention. And one day, there was a a video that was on, and it had a stripper, and that caught my attention. And it was the Metallica Turn the Page video. If you haven't seen it, it's worth checking out. It's uh, really... um, it follows a stripper who's living out of motels and with her little daughter. It's it's a sad video, um, but really well done. And I was like, wow, this song's pretty cool. Um, and of course, me being low vision, I could never see, if you remember music videos back in the day, they'd have like in the lower left-hand corner, the name of the song, the artist, the record it was on, the year it was released, small print uh, at the beginning and at the end of the music video. And I was never quick enough to get close enough to the TV to be able to read it. And it was one of my favorite music videos and I loved the song. And finally one day I got up quick enough and got close enough and I'm like, Metallica? That's Metallica? And that kind of blew my mind. And I'm like, well, I gotta 
I got to get that single. Remember singles? Um, and so I, at a record store, bought the Turn the Page single. And that, of course, is off the album Garage Inc. from 1998, where it's all cover songs. And I did not know at the time, 15-year-old Cosmo didn't know that was a Bob Seeker song. And on the Turn the Page single, there were four songs. The Wait, Live, which is a solid song, but not mind-blowing. Um, oh, gosh, what was the fourth? The third one was Bleeding Me, which I really liked. And I can't remember what the fourth one was. Um, but so now I like two Metallica songs, Bleeding Me Off of Load, and it was a live rendition, and Turn the Page. And in my next... <laughs> Uh, I went on a date with a girl I met did I how did I meet her over AIM but then how, how do you meet somebody on AIM I don't think it was a message board um, but I, I remember our, our only means of communication was AOL instant messenger so I don't remember how we met uh, I remember her screen name it was like Skater Chick, but SK, the number 8, R, CHK, and then some numbers. Um, and she, we talked a little Metallica, and she had Garage Inc. And she was going to let me borrow it or have it or whatever. We went and saw Wild Wild West with Will Smith, an atrocious movie. And... It was not a love connection, so that was the only time I ever saw her. But that's how I got my first full Metallica record, was uh, getting that. And so then I started diving into that record. I liked Whiskey in the Jar, a Thin Lizzy cover. And again, I didn't realize these were cover songs. Kate is still frantically flailing on me. Um, and so there were a, a handful of songs off of that that initially I liked. And so this is 1998. But now I'm just willing to give Metallica more and more of a chance and I remember I, you know, this is back in the day with cassette tapes and stuff and so I, I had a radio with a tape player and if uh, a Metallica song came on I would try and hit record on the cassette and I remember I recorded uh, The Unforgiven off of K-Rock and Inner Sandman and that was my first time hearing either of those songs and I liked both of them um, so now I'm getting more and more experienced in Metallica, uh, but I still think that the early stuff, I, again, hadn't heard any of it, but I'm like, eh, the, the long hair early Metallica was just dumb, you know, thrashy, whatever. Um, <laughs> unenlightened Cosmo. And I think I borrowed load from a friend because it had bleeding me on there 
and then I discovered uh, Until It Sleeps and um, Hero of the Day, and I liked those. And then I think I got the Black Album, and I liked that. And so for 98 and a good chunk of 99, I kind of went on like that, thinking newer Metallica was my style. And, um, but I was now a Metallica fan. And that was, you know what, that wasn't 98. It was a sophomore year, so that would have been spring of 99. That's right. It was definitely spring. So that was spring of 99, and that summer I'm discovering my enthusiasm for Metallica. And junior year fall, at the end of the football season, one of my football coaches gives me a copy of Metallica S&M. And... That kind of opens up my horizon beyond the new stuff, and because that had Master of Puppets on it, that had one, and the and for whom the bell tolls, and so I one by one started getting the older albums, and yeah. Um, and Kill 'Em All was the last album I got. Um, so I think I got Master of Puppets, Ride the Lightning, and Justice for All, and then finally Kill 'Em All. And uh, by late junior year in the spring, that would have been the spring of 2000, I was full on Metallica nut. And um, pretty much loved the entire catalog. And to this day, there's, with the exception of the most recent album, um, there, the most recent album, um, Hardwired to Self-Destruct, they decided to make it a double album, I think 12 songs. They did not need to do that. There's three tracks on there that just don't vibe with me. Um, Here Comes Revenge, Murder One, and uh, I can't even remember the third one. Um, Here Comes Revenge, oh, Am I Savage, three real bleh songs. Um, And then St. Anger's a a whole thing, but uh, before that, up through uh, Garage Inc., there was not a Metallica song I didn't at least like. I would take the my least favorite Metallica song and take it over almost any other band. Um, my first Metallica concert was the Summer Sanitarium Tour 2000 at the Los Angeles Coliseum. And it was Power Man 5000, System of a Down, Corn. Yeah, Corn and Metallica. And uh, it was phenomenal. They sounded so good. 
the year 2000 live Metallica is one of my favorite uh, years of live performances. James's voice in 99 was, st- is, I can't put my finger on it, but a little off. Year 2000, they were tight. And James's vocals were phenomenal. Um, and then when they first come back in 03, after James goes to rehab, they were uh, A-plus that year, too. Um, but it was a great set list. just blew my mind. Um, I remember my buddy got... Uh, it was a long break, like 45 minutes between Corn and Metallica, and the crowd just started throwing crap. My buddy got hit by a full lemonade, and I got hit by a full beer. I'm like, well, at least I'm not sticky. But 17-year-old Cosmo's nervous about, oh, now I smell like I'm, I drank a bunch of beer. Um, and then on the way home, we got rear-ended in a minor car crash. And I'm like, oh, man, is the cop going to hassle me? Yeah, I wasn't driving. And they, of course, did not. Um, yeah, so that was a really cool first Metallica concert. We were up in the seats. I've never bothered with, uh, at a big show like that, the pit. I don't want to uh, do the whole uh, moshing. And then it's so much hard work to try and get the rail in the front and uh i've done that for smaller shows but i don't have the uh patience to stand in line that long and then fight to get up there i'm too nice um so yeah i'm a full-on metallica head and uh that starts broadening my horizons to Motorhead to Iron Maiden, um, and I, I still to this day my favorite genre is classic rock. Uh, Eagles, Tom Petty, Beach Boys, Beatles, but my favorite band is Metallica. Um, so I have all the albums by the year two thousand, and you know I I was fifteen when I discovered them. I think that's a perfectly cromulent age to discover Metallica and uh, I'm sure there's some 10 year olds that discover them but you know what just because I discovered them sophomore year of high school doesn't make me less of a fan than some 50 year old who was a fan back in 82 Um, so 2001 Jason Newstead leaves the band and Hetfield goes in rehab and Metallica is pretty much dark until spring of uh, 2003. They start, um, they're going to release an album. I uh, joined the Metallica fan club in 2000 and back then it cost money. Now it's free. Uh, but I'm a legacy member because I used to pay. So I get, like, first crack at some stuff. Um, and I think I get a tiny discount in the store. Anyway, uh, the fan club had a contest. Uh, Metallica was going to be on MTV Icon. And 
uh, I got chosen to do that. Um, and so there was some kind of audition. I don't really remember it. Um, but they, I think they interviewed you real quick and about your love for Metallica. And I got chosen. So I was one of like 15 Metallica club members that were going to be part of a fan moment. And they changed, the, the producers changed their uh, directions like five times. At first it was like, all right, so prepare a short paragraph about why you love Metallica. And then it was, uh, have it be a sentence. Okay. And the final thing was one word that describes Metallica. Oh, that's lame. And lame it was, the whole MTV icon thing. Uh, the best tribute performance was probably, well, was definitely some 41. Other performers were Avril Lavigne doing Fuel. Ugh. Korn doing One. And not a great performance. Limp Biscuit doing Sanitarium. Ugh. Snoop Dogg doing um, Sad But True. And a terrible rendition of Nothing Else Matters by Stained. So, uh, the year before, Metallica had given a speech at MTV Icon Aerosmith. There was nobody that cool that gave a speech about Metallica. I mean, they could have got... Dave Grohl of Foo Fighters is a huge Metallica fan. Foo Fighters would have killed a cover of Metallica. Um... Uh, Linkin Park, who I was not a fan of back in 2003. Uh, they grew on me since then. Uh, but I know that they would have done a better job than freaking Limp Bizkit. Um, weird um, people to give little speeches. Shannon Elizabeth, the boob girl from American Pie. Um, what was Elvis Presley's daughter's name? The one that was married to Michael Jackson. She was there. Sean Penn, uh, just real weird choices. And so when we got up for our fan moment, they just lined us up and we all said one word. Uh, I was the second to last guy and the last guy and I were like, we came up with a plan. He would just say, Metallica, and then we'd bend, uh, or, uh, get on our knees and do the we're not worthy thing from uh, Wayne's World. And my word was masters. Like, what, the, what the hell am I going to say? So I'm like, master, like master of puppets. Or masters of metal music. And uh, so when the guy next to me was like, Metallica, and he and I got down and we're doing the we're not worthy thing, it was a cool moment because the band were like blushing Lars and Kirk were like no 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 we're not worthy way cool we got edited out of the damn final cut they showed like four or five of the people that said the words and they didn't show me and the dude bending over or <laughs> uh, bowing down so that pissed me off uh, Metallica performing at the end did a little medley and blew my mind because they sounded so good, so tight, so fast. Uh, Rob Trujillo, who took over after Jason, 
definitely makes them play better. He pushes those guys, and they, the medley was hit the lights, inner Sandman, blackened, creeping death, and battery. Uh, and they sounded so gosh darn good. Um, so that was way cool. I also won through the fan club tickets to a rehearsal show up at the Fillmore in San Francisco. They had four nights, and I won tickets to the very first one. So I go with a buddy from high school who turned me on to Metallica. Uh, drive up there. We get in line at 10 a.m., and I get on the rail. The Fillmore holds about three to 500 people, maybe, small venue. And we're a couple weeks before St. Anger gets released. So we're thinking, okay, they're probably going to play a bunch of St. Anger songs. They're going to play stuff that they're going to play on the tour coming up. Nope. The, they did not play Inner Sandman, which they always play Inner Sandman. Um, the only song they played that was beyond um, and Justice for All was Sad But True. Everything else was old school stuff. They played stuff they hadn't played since the 80s, like 84. They played Phantom Lord, which is a deep cut from Kill em All. It's one of my favorites. They played Ride the Lightning. They played... Um, oh, Phantom Lord was the big one that blew my mind. Uh, so it was just this super hardcore fan set list that was just so damn cool. And they, they were testing Rob. They threw all this obscure stuff at him to see if he could hang. And he did. It was a phenomenal show. Saw them in the summer of 03 for Summer Sanitarium 2. And that was Limp Biscuit, Lincoln Park, and Metallica. Uh, Limp Biscuit got booed off the stage at some cities. It was pretty awful. Um, they played their awful cover of Sanitarium, and they did a cover of Behind Blue Eyes by The Who. Um, it wasn't the worst thing ever, but uh, Fred Durst, not a fan. Um... It was, a, it was a really good show. I uh, don't remember too much of that one. Uh, got to see them twice in 04, three times in 04, four times. Um, the beginning of the indoor tour for St. Anger, they played the LA Forum twice, and the first show for that they debuted a song that they'd never played live before, Dyer's Eve, which is the closing song on Injustice for All. And it's one of their fastest songs. And uh, first time they've ever played it. And that just blew my freaking mind. Awesome. Um, and then I saw my, the second LA date. Then I drove down with a, another high school friend for a San Diego show. And then I saw them in Anaheim. So four times in 04. Um, 2000, 
2005, they took off. 2006, I got to go to the Bridge School Benefit Concert. Heidi went up with me, and that's an acoustic gig that they Neil Young puts on. And that was way cool. Uh, they played a Dire Straits song, Brothers in Arms. They played I'm Only Happy When It Rains by Garbage. Uh, they always get real creative with those acoustic shows. And they played Turn the Page acoustic, Nothing Else Matters acoustic. Uh, so it was a way cool show. I forgot my binoculars, so I couldn't see Jack. And I didn't bring a jacket because I'm a dumbass and it's the Bay Area so I was cold and yeah but still a great show and then in 08 I saw them once for the Death Magnetic tour um, I had the flu for the second date and then I think in 09 or 010, I won another Metallica. I've had really good luck with Metallica Club contests. I've never won a meet and greet. I've never met uh, anybody. Well, uh, back, go back in time, rewind a little bit. Another Metallica thing I won. They were going to perform at the My VH1 Awards or something like that in 2000. This was actually Jason Newstead's last performance of the band. I won two tickets to that uh, it's funny they left it up to the fans to vote on what song and James is like come on man choose something different than Inner Sandman and so the fans voted for So What which is a very explicit cover song from uh, um, uh, Garage Inc and of course they can't play it on VH1 so they gave it to the next runner up which was Fade to Black but for us in the and they played it out in the parking lot. Uh, and so before the they went on air, they played So What For Us, and they played Fade to Black. And uh, before the show, Jason went through a line, and I got an autograph and a, a picture with him. A real nice guy. Uh, I remember I had a little disposable camera, and the... Uh, a person, so it, you like hand the camera to the handler of Jason, he takes the picture of you and Jason and they had done the wrong camera so I'm like Harper, I'm like, oh man, Jason they took the, the picture with the wrong camera and he came back down the line and took the picture again with me, so that was a super nice guy, and that was his last gig with the band uh, so that was a Met Club contest that I won and so then in like 2009, I think it was, maybe it was 08, they were going to do a Call of Duty uh, charity show at the Santa Monica Airport in a hangar. And benefits proceeded uh, some kind of wounded veterans thing. So I, I won tickets to that. And Heidi and I got up on the rail. And that was super cool. Um, but by far the coolest thing ever for me and Metallica. 2011, it's their 30th anniversary, and they're going to do four nights at the Fillmore, and they're going to have a drawing a contest for, uh, you could win a four-pack of tickets. Two tickets, four nights, 
costing you $19.81 because they were founded in 1981. And I freaking won. I couldn't believe it. So the first two nights I went up with my buddy Dave Borak. And then the second two nights my buddy Travis joined me because Dave had a, a job interview back down in L.A. And those four nights were... They only played one repeat song each night, and that was Seek and Destroy. So every other song, they played 80-some 80, 80 songs in four nights. And songs they never played before, special guests. Um, Apocalyptica, who is a cello quartet that covered Metallica. They uh, were one of the opening acts one night, and they joined... Metallica and played No Leaf Clover, which is off of S&M, and then they played one with just the two cello guys and James. That was incredible. Um, Merciful Fate reunited for the first time in 20 years to play with Metallica on their Merciful Fate medley. Uh, Diamond Head, who is a big Lars inspiration, uh, showed up and played their songs with Metallica. Um, who else? <laughs> Kid Rock showed up and sang Turn the Page with Metallica. Yeah, it was bad. Um, a bunch of their buddies showed up and played a Skinnerd song, Tuesday's Gone. Uh, so super cool. Uh, night one, we show up in line at 10 a.m. and we're like 30th in line. And as we're getting checked in, as letting people in, they're like, oh, we can't find you. And I'm like, can you, can you check again? And they make me go to like the box office, which is backwards. And they're like, oh yeah, you're there. Just, and they send me back to the lady with the tickets and she's like, oh yeah, here you are. Meanwhile, like 50 people had gone by us. So I'm like, freaking A, man. We, Waited line from 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. And because you didn't feel like flipping past a few more alphabetical spots now, so I didn't get the rail. I was like five deep. And that's a big deal when you're blind. Like, it's different. when I'm on the rail, I can see everything. And when I'm not, I can't see stuff. Um... So, there was a, another contest where you could submit yourself playing guitar or drumming or singing or something, and they're going to pick one fan a night to join the band. Uh, I don't play an instrument, so I filmed myself uh, singing No Leaf Clover and Wherever I May Roam, and, uh, and no, I... I do not have those videos, thank goodness, anymore. Um, and that didn't get me on stage with Metallica. But they picked three guitar players and one drummer uh, for the four nights. But they chose me to do one of the pre-show activities. So I had my choice between Name That Riff or Metallica Trivia. And I chose Name That Riff. And so each night, 
there was opening acts and Jim Brewer, the comedian, was there and there were a couple of activities. So I was the first night of Name That Riff and this video is on YouTube. Just search Metallica, Name That Riff, 30th anniversary. And it was me versus a guy from Cleveland who was kind of quiet and a Brazilian guy who, English, not so great. And uh, I kicked their butts. And now it, it was fair, um, but Jim Ver didn't really get it. So they start playing the riff. As soon as you buzz in, they should stop it. But then Jim Brewer would be like, oh, you can't stop that riff. Let's keep playing it. And so then I'd get to hear like 30 more seconds of the song. And I, I knew it on the first freaking note usually. Um, but it's foolproof because you hear 30 seconds of creeping freaking death. And so I won like 600 points to 300 points. Uh, it was way cool. I was quick on the, the buzzer. And uh, my prize was a hundred dollars gift certificate to the merch booth, uh, a box of guitar picks, and a Metallica toaster. Now you say that's dumb. No, no, no. So Metallica gets sent all these prototype things like, hey, hey, do you want to sell this Metallica condom? No, we don't want to sell this Metallica condom. Get the hell out of here. And so there is this prototype Metallica toaster, black had the Metallica logo and the little metal things on the inside would had an M cut out the Metallica logo M and it would burn uh, M into the bread and so it's not a real thing that was sold but they had this prototype and so it was autographed in silver sharpie Metallica toaster and that was my prize and I think that's super cool not many other people have that. Just the the winners of Name That Riff from those four nights. Uh, James uh, wrote, Stick knife in here, kids, with an arrow up to the uh, top of the um, toaster. So it is in my living room inside of a, a football display case. And I think that's really cool. So that was... Uh, one of the highlights. Um, other highlights, uh, the, all the songs that they never played before. They played To Live Is To Die, which is a instrumental uh, dedicated to Cliff Burton that they had never played live. Um, Wasting My Hate, they never played that. Or no, they played that um, Carpe Diem Baby they never played. Um... And then Jason Newstead came back for two songs every night. That was super cool because I loved Jason. He was great in Metallica. He always had such good energy. His backing vocals were so perfect for this band. Uh, so it was way cool to see no animosity and him and Rob, two bass players playing on the songs and the song selection for him each night were perfect. They were ones that featured him on backing vocals heavily or uh, were just real fast uh, so that was another favorite part um, yeah just uh, so blessed that I got to participate in that and it cost me $19.81 nothing will ever top that 
And now, as I'm older and grumpier, like the last concert I went to was 2017? Or was it 2018? I don't know. It was the summer after they released Hardwired. I was at the Rose Bowl. And uh, I mean, the other David were like, I'm too old for this crap. Let's just show up right at shoot Metallica time at 9 o'clock. I don't care about opening acts. And, uh, yeah, I just want a seat. I don't need to fight for a good spot because um, nothing will ever beat the Fillmore. Um, I got a, at the Fillmore, I got a high five from James during For Whom the Bell Tolls. Um, I really want one of Hetfield's armbands. Didn't get one of those. Didn't get a drumstick either. I'd love a Lars drumstick. So, um, yeah, that's that's my Metallica live stories. Um, really liked Death Magnetic at the time, uh, but none of the songs were quite is timeless like I, I don't find myself revisiting Death Magnetic at all there's nothing wrong with the songs but I can't tell you the last time I asked the Amazon device to play it um, Hardwired I really liked two thirds three quarters of the album um, but there are a handful of songs that are some of the weakest Metallica songs ever. So I really wish they would have just kept it to one album. If it would have been Hardwired, Atlas Rise, Moth into Flame, Halo on Fire, Spit Out the Bone, Dream No More, Confusion, that's seven songs. That would have been a good album. A great album. But they stretched it out, and uh, those three songs I mentioned earlier, blah. Um, They just recently released S&M 2. I was disappointed that there were so many repeats off the first, but they said all along this was a celebration of S&M. So I get it. Uh, The new songs they chose were pretty dang cool. Uh, Confusion off of Hardwired worked really well with the symphony. I was surprised. Uh, They did Unforgiven 3 off of Death Magnetic, where it was just James and the orchestra. That was really cool. And um, Moth into Flame and Halo on Fire were both. um, Halo on Fire was, I think, a little bit more successful with the symphony. And then... Some of the songs like Inner Sandman had different orchestral arrangement than the SM one, so that's cool. Uh, but then there were others where it was a carbon copy from the first, and uh, I would have liked a little more variety, but um, still a, a cool album. And James is into Metallica. He says he wants to go to a concert. I'm not sure how that would work. Like, I'd want to get him up on the rail, but like, okay, let's say he's six years old. 
how do you, you have to get there way early. You have to stand there for like six hours, seven hours to maintain your front rail spot. And I don't know how you do that with a little kid like that. Like, are the other crowd members cool? And if you're like, hey, I got to take my kid to the bathroom, they let you go and then let you come back? Because I know if, as an adult, I was like, hey, I'm going to go get a hot dog. Can I come back to my rail spot? Everybody's going to say, F you, dude, no way. So I don't know. How does it work? Or do you just let your little dude piss on the rail because he's just a little kid? I, I don't know. Um... But yeah, I, I do look forward to doing that. Um, his favorite Metallica song is Halo on Fire. Good choice. Um, he also likes Fuel. Cade, Mr. Five-Month-Old. Uh, <laughs> he was kind of cranky the other day, sitting on me and just staring at me. And I was listening to different songs and singing to him. And uh, Whiplash off of Kill Em All got him to laugh. Did not expect that. Um, yep. Metallica. Um, they, they still kick ass live. Uh, we went and saw, they did a pandemic drive, drive in theater pre-recorded concert they recorded it at a vineyard from Northern California and uh, they sounded good they always sound extra good when they're fresh off of a break you know after a, a year and a half on tour voice gets worn down um, but yeah they sounded good and back in the 90s when you know they were still drinking heavily uh, their live shows were not as tight. Ever since James got sober, it is tight. But that's enough blathering about Metallica and Cade's sound asleep. We'll see if transferring him to the swing works. I'm over two on that tonight. Uh, but, uh, yep, that is... Oh, let's see. So, um, there's no way I can rank Metallica songs. I can't tell you what my number one favorite is, and this is number three. Um, but Master of Puppets, the song, is one of my favorites. Uh, that interlude in the middle is one of the prettiest pieces of music ever for me. Uh, one is a masterpiece, so dynamic, um, and the subject matter is super heavy. Um... I love the song The Four Horsemen. Uh, it's another interlude I like. Uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls. That's awesome. Uh, Fade to Black. Their first ballad song. Uh, super powerful. Creeping Death's a fun one. Um, Nothing Else Matters. Love that. Uh, the Unforgiven. A++++. Um... Let's see. Off a of load, I still love Bleeding Me. And, um... Off of Reload, I really like Unforgiven 2. And... Uh, 
turn the page is still a favorite. One of James's prettiest vocal performances is off of uh, Garage Inc. And that's uh, Astronomy, which is a Blue Oyster Cult cover. And uh, if you've never heard that, it's worth checking out. I think that's a gorgeous song. And um, off the recent album, Spit Out the Bone is a standout song. And I also like Atlas Rise quite a bit. So those are some of my favorite Metallica songs. Um, and if you put a gun to my head and said, pick your favorite, I'd say Master of Puppets. That is a special song. And, uh, yep. <laughs> as Forrest Gump would say. And that's all I've got to say about that. Mm, I could go for some bubble gum shrimp. They, they make some good food. All right. Live long and prosper.